Welcome to TILT, Teachers Improving Learning with Technology. In this episode, we'll begin to examine the learning possibilities with student blogging. We'll briefly look at some issues associated with student blogging and go for a tour of some free platforms for educational blogging. We'll finish by taking a look at ways which parents, teachers, and students can view numerous updated blog entries all in one place. I'm going to try to do my best to keep these episodes to about 15 minutes or less, so I'm going to save specific lesson ideas and examples of school and student blogs for the next episode. So send me your blogging ideas for next episode, and here we go. Blogger is the most popular web blogging service on the internet. I use Blogger to run the Tilt blog, and I love how simple it is to use. Uh, with it, this sounds like an infomercial, does it not? Uh, I really do, though, love how simple and easy it is to use because within minutes, I can have a blog posting up. I can put pictures, hyperlinks. I can control the color of the text and anything uh, up to the Internet uh, from any computer connected to the Internet with no software to install, which I like. And again, very quick to set up, which is good. Now, what, uh, what makes Blogger so wonderful is also what can make it dangerous for students to use. Anything published to a Blogger web blog can be seen by anybody. There's no password protection built into Blogger. Now, the bigger issues and questions with student blogging, however, are common to most web blogging services. What do you do if a student publishes controversial material on their blog? Who has control of what a student can put on their blog? Will your school district host these web blogs, or will you allow the blogging companies to host them? And does this make a difference in terms of who controls what goes on the blog? How will you, as a teacher, address issues of libel or defamation, of copyright infringement, student privacy, freedom of speech, internet bullying? Unfortunately, I don't have the answers to these questions yet, but I do recommend that you think about these questions before you start blogging with your students. And in a perfect world, it would be great if the school districts uh, integrated these policies into their acceptable use agreements for Internet use. Uh, personally, I, I see blogging as a really great way to address some of these issues. Uh, you know, for example, copyright infringement or libel or defamation or things like that. A great way to address these issues with your students. Um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation has a great website that deals with the legality of blogging. And while all of our laws and you know what's acceptable and what's not varies from country to country, state to state, province to province, it does give a good overview of the types of things to think about when you're blogging with students. Okay, now that we're all depressed and scared about blogging, <laughs> uh, let's get on with some more positive things uh, in terms of blogging. Um, if you want an overview of blogging, I'm not going to spend any more time talking about it here, but uh, teachers.tv has a really good overview. It's a two or three minute video clip. And by the way, please visit teachers.tv. It has fantastic video clips free of charge across all subject areas um, that give you great teaching ideas. So anyhow, uh, there's a link on the Tilt TV website if you're interested as well. 
Anyhow, uh, it'll give you kind of a good overview of what blogging is. As well, my good friend Pete McKay and uh, and his friend Sandra Gluth created a uh, sort of a blogging presentation that I went to. It was a great end service. It was about a month ago, and uh, they put their presentation on the net. Pete's a real whiz with. Flash, and he converted his PowerPoint slides to Flash. So it's available for you. You get a really good outline. Uh, Sandra did an awesome job of sort of explaining blogging, uh, the sort of the history, what blogs are, um, and put in a real great educational context. On some blogging platforms that I'd recommend, we'll start with James Farmer's LearnerBlogs.org. The thing I love about Learner Blogs is that it's deadly simple for learners to create their own blog. They just type a username, type a blog title, send, type an email, and boom, it's created. Uh, it's sent to that email address. And I mean, all your students could type in the teacher's email address if that's the way you wanted to do it. That would keep all the names and passwords and things like that there. Some other great features about Learner Blogs, but I'm going to let James tell that in his own words. Uh, thanks to James for sending me a little audio clip describing Learner Blogs. I'll let you listen to that, and while he's doing that, I will show you some screenshots of this tool. Hi, so my name's James Farmer, and I'd just like to introduce you very briefly to uh, EduBlogs, uh, Learner Blogs, and UniBlogs. These are basically three lots of the same thing. EduBlogs is uh, free blogs and uh, hopefully down the line community for uh, education professionals, teachers, librarians, writers, researchers, anybody working in the education field, are student teachers as well. Um, LearnerBlogs is uh, very K-12. to The idea is that this is for teachers who want students to have high quality blogs but don't necessarily want to use Blogger or um, LiveJournal or any of those other areas and uh, really want an environment that's focused on the learner and how that's going to work. So that's learnerblogs.org. And uniblogs.org is essentially that for uh, university and college students. And um, that's something I'm looking at expanding into a bit of a social network as well. So uh, please consider this your uh, invite to come and use it. And I'm easily contacted through both the sites. Drop me an email if you'd like any help or advice or ways to go. Thanks for your time. For those of you who get your students to create their own blogs, with sites like Blogger or Learner Blogs, you'll need a way to bring all of their blog posts together to one place, not only for you to read, but also for your students to read each other's blog posts. After all, one of the huge draws of blogging with your students will be their ability to make comments on each other's blogs, and having all those blog postings come into one place while still giving them their own individual blogs is important. Enter Superglue, a wonderful free service. Again, here sounds like another infomercial, doesn't it? Uh, basically, all you do is enter the RSS feed for the individual student blogs, and we'll talk a little bit more about RSS feeds. Basically, you enter the certain web address having to do with your students' blogs, uh, click, and all of a sudden that data is brought into this super blog of, of type. So basically, you can do that for all of your students, and you can see here, this is one I've just created myself. I brought in a few different sources. Uh, this is from one particular blog. This is from a different blog. This is from a couple of different blogs. And it's brought all into one place. Uh, what's more, it also includes links to those blogs, those websites, all of them that you bring in, which is great. Provides a great way for your students to go and find each other's blogs and make comments on those postings that they do. All right, the next two blogging platforms that I'm going to talk about are called multi-user blogging platforms. 
And basically what this means is that one person, for example, you, the teacher, can create sort of a community of other bloggers, which would be your students. It basically allows you to monitor and to some degree to control those blogs much more so than, than some of the other blogging platforms. Now the first of these is Blogmeister, which was created by a real tech guru named David Warlick. He'll be the last to call himself a guru, but you know this is a fantastic tool. He created it. It's free of charge um, for teachers to use with their students, created right for schools. Let me show you my sample class blog, Mr. Moss's class blog. Allows you to add students, allows you to add links that you would want your kids to go to on the internet. Basically you can add your students. You can even control preferences like having you accept uh, a, a student's posting before it's published to the internet or you accepting a comment that is made. So it gives you as a teacher a lot of control and there's some controversy around that. You know, Do you let kids control what they put on or, or who? But regardless of that, if you're somebody who wants, who's nervous about this and wants some, a great measure of control, this is a great tool. Not only can you control what goes on the net, but also all of you know the blogging that goes on here is done within a password protected environment so you know only your students and maybe the parents and yourself would be able to read the blog postings and make comments and things like that so you'll have to email David Warlick there's a thing on on the main blogmeister page where you can register an account he'll send you a passcode and you can get your students going and and actually I believe you only need a passcode for you know one passcode for every school jurisdiction so it, there's a chance that someone in your school jurisdiction has already done this and I imagine David will be able to tell you that 21 publish wasn't created for teachers per se but it has some awesome features that teachers can use for example they call these blogging portals. Allows people to create their own blogging portals. Here's my blogging portal uh, that I set up. Basically, what it allows you to do, once you've created your blog portal, you can create other user blogs within that portal, which would be your students again. Gives you a nice list of all the people in your community. So again, just like Superglue, um, you know, this is built right in where you can have all your students, they can go to each other's blogs very quickly, you can go to their blogs very quickly, read each other's postings and so on. Um, in addition, uh, there's some very neat tools in here, uh, very robust. Um, you can upload photos, video, all kinds of things, hyperlinks. Now, you are limited with this free 21 Publish account, there are pay accounts, but the free version allows only a limited amount of web space. So for example, you you know you couldn't post you know so much video and so much in the way of photos. Another neat feature of 21 Publish is that the users themselves have the ability to decide who can see this posting. Is it a completely public one? Is it just for class members only? For example, if there's some identifying information or something like that that you want to remain private or a picture that was taken with a student's face on it, you can keep it private to those members of that group only. Or you can, or you can also create uh, a private post which only that user would be able to see which kind of opens up the possibilities for like private journal entries uh, and you can do that on a post by post basis so it's not like setting the entire parameters for the entire blog post by post you decide who can see it who can enter comments about it which is kind of nice what a feed is for a, for a particular blog is it's a file 
and it's it's written as a web address and usually an XML file, not always. Basically, you can cut and paste that web address to that feed and paste it into what's called a feed aggregator, or some people call it a news reader. There may even be other names for it. Basically, what this means is, if you are a parent and your child has a blog feed, you can post that, type that little feed into your feed reader, and any time new content is published, it comes right to that reader instead of you having to go check the website all the time. All right, the first one I'm going to talk about is NetVibes. NetVibes is very cool. Um, when you go to NetVibes, you have to you have to create an account. Uh, it's free, very simple, very very interactive. This is a great example of how the internet's changing from a one-way thing where you could just read things and see things to now a very interactive thing. It behaves very much like a program would like a word processing program. So you can even type in, just uh, without knowing any web programming at all, you basically type in your title. You can add all kinds of content. You can move things around the page. This is a live web page. I don't have it open in any program. This is right on the internet. So you can add content. For example, add feeds. Now, uh, let me give you an example. I've got my tilt feed in here. You click Add, and basically, voila, here it is. All the different postings from the Tilt website brought right into here. So you can do that for all your students' blog feeds, or the parent could do it for their own child's feed, or kids could do it for the other feeds they want to subscribe to from their classmates or maybe across the school. And, I mean, who knows? There are possibilities you could even bring in other classes from other schools. There are a whole host, uh, host of possibilities with this. There are other neat things incorporated into NetVibes, such as being able to check out the weather in your particular location. If you have a Flickr account, which if you want to know more about Flickr, refer to Episode 2, Digital Photos. basically allows you to upload photos to the Internet and keep them private or show them to people or what have you. You can bring some of your photos into this page. You can add bookmarks to certain websites. Web notes. Start typing typing a note or maybe you want to copy and paste something from a website so you don't forget it. Uh, click out of it and there it is. There's a web search that's in here. A whole bunch of things. Now, the fact that there's a whole bunch of things may be wonderful and it may be awful depending on your class and your group of students and your needs. So, second option that I'm going to show, and there are a whole bunch of them out there. Maybe next episode I'll throw a couple more in there for feed readers. The other one I'm going to show comes from good old Google. And it's called Google Reader. Basically, you have to create a subscription, just like you do uh, to the other readers. And uh, basically, the difference, main difference between Google Reader and NetVibes is that Google Reader deals specifically with updating feeds from things like blogs. So there's no weather, there's no other, you know, notes or other, you know, add your f links to other websites on there. It's just straight feed reader which for, for different blogs, which can be a good thing depending on what you're interested in. So again, you can add your feed, type in that web address for the feed, click preview, um, and here it is. It's brought from my website or from whatever the website is. It includes any graphics or pictures that were in that blog posting, brings it right in here and brings it to you. And so again, you can have as many feeds in here from different blogs as you want, which is really useful. 
one service that might be a good way for to communicate with your parents or possibly even for teachers who might be reluctant users is our mail. All they need to do is type in the web address for the RSS feed, type in the email address that they want these updated feeds sent to, click subscribe, and all of a sudden, any time now that, that their child, for example, is to update content on their blog, an email will be sent to that email address that they type in, perhaps it's a work email, a home email, and they don't have to go back to the website and check all the time to see if their child has updated their blog, sent to them. So that's a really great service.